We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating where we dig into the three whys, why (laughs) people think the way they do, why people do the things they do, and why people react the way they do when it comes to modern dating. I am reacting with a big smile on my face after we (laughs) featured on Apple Podcasts in the new and noteworthy section next to Kamala Harris. Julie, what? Does she know? She's texting all her friends right now. I mean, just to be clear, I think it's a podcast about her, not from her. But still, the fact that it's about her, that's still pretty freaking huge. And then some of the other ones on there, too, were massive. Bill Gates. It's another good one. Rashida Jones. Yeah. Yeah. They actually do host this podcast together, which I thought was kind of an interesting pair. (laughs) But I think the Kamala Harris one just being 
our yeah. face right next to her. Oh, it's amazing. It just all made sense. <laughs> so welcome all the new listeners. I guess that's the positive. We had an amazing week of new listeners. So we're super excited to have you all here. And happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Happy Thanksgiving week. We're now in end of November. This is so nuts. I feel like this year has just this been... This is not how I pictured Thanksgiving to be. <laughs> but this is the the best way to kick it off for us, at least, welcoming all the oh, new listeners. Absolutely. And being very grateful for Apple to recognize us and for all of our existing listeners who've been with us for a long time. Thank you yes. for your support, your loyalty, and just your conversation. Yeah. So if you haven't subscribed yet, if you're a new person, definitely hit that subscribe button because we have such good content in store for the rest of the season, which will end in December. And then if we are already busy, hard at work coming up with season 11. So don't have any fare there either. But also for anyone new, we have a lot of stuff that's kind of like an extension of the podcast too. We have an incredible Facebook group. Like people say that this is like their favorite place on the internet. People are just so supportive and encouraging. And we've seen people have like full on friendships that have blossomed from it. So it's been amazing. And we recently rolled out the sounding board, which is our private membership group, which we'll be talking about later too. So you definitely want to get in on um, just subscribing and keeping going with us. And if this is your first time listening to the show, or this is not, you've come in at a very <laughs> good episode. We're talking about turbo relationships yes. on this episode with our guest. And to define what turbo relationships are, it's basically this phenomenon that came out of quarantine mm -hmm. and the pandemic where people People are getting in and getting out of relationships very quickly, but they go through all the phases of a relationship <laughs> in a truncated period yes. of time. So instead of what would you say, like few months to DTR, these people oh, yeah. are taking like a few hours, a few Zoom dates to <laughs> DTR. Maybe not that turbo, but pretty turbo. But I think, yeah, like it's like there was this amazing meme that was like the average trajectory of a relationship and that it's like a turbo relationship and everything is kind of like put into this condensed period. And it makes sense. I mean, I guess like in this world, you're just not going to be dating as many people at once. Just, I mean, out of like pure fear of COVID too, right? Like we're trying to keep our bubble short. And I think people, this has really changed people's perceptions on relationships. Like I know it has for me and I've I've definitely seen it with UUA as someone that's in a relationship too. Like I feel like this has really made us either value relationships in a different way and really push to make that more of a priority. Or it's also been a good way to kind of get in touch with our own self-love and like our favorite term in the Facebook group, master dating. <laughs> Solo dating for anyone. Get your mind out of the gutter there. Well, you can just you can do both. You can you master can date both. and you masturbate at the same time. Actually, masturbating is part of master dating. So exactly. Exactly. They're all interrelated. <laughs> but what is a super interesting about turbo relationships is that you're you're able to uncover so much in a short period of time. And as what you were saying, Julie, like for my own relationship, I've been with my partner for two years now, but at the beginning of the pandemic, we had been together for a year and a half. And in that first month we were in quarantine together, we learned more about each other in our mm -hmm. last year and a half. And it made me question like, what were we doing the last <laughs> year and a half? We were absolutely not pushing our relationship forward. We were just, I don't know, like letting it be. And it was really nice to just 
uncover some of the Mm -hmm. things in a relationship that I've been wanting to uncover and also just discover new things that really propelled our relationship forward. Yeah. I mean, as kind of a bystander, I feel like I've definitely noticed a huge shift in your relationship. Like I think before you guys were definitely in each other's lives and it was part of it, but now you're like doing life together. Like there's been a huge shift. And I think a lot of people have had that and it's super interesting too. I mean, I was thinking about it. Like, do you know that many people that have broken up? Like I know in China, there was like a lot of high divorce rates and I'm sure that exists. I personally can't really think of that many people. I can think of more that have propelled relationships forward faster or have even if they haven't worked out like our story today with Kevin, at least they like they had something meaningful where in the past like people haven't had as many meaningful connections. I don't know. Have you heard of anything the opposite though? I I would say unfortunately I have mm. witnessed quite a few breakups that are about to end in divorce. But I would say these relationships were on the rocks in the beginning. Yeah. Um, But I think being in quarantine together helped speed up the process or I guess rip off the bandaid a little bit quicker. Relationships would have just dragged on, you know, like, especially now everyone's like, it's a holidays. Let's break up after the holidays. Mm. You know, let's just make it through but I, I do I, I do know a few couples who've decided to go their separate ways before the holidays hit. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess like from my own personal stance, I did revisit a relationship at the start of quarantine for anyone that remembers. feels like so long ago at this point. So it did definitely propel it faster because we were able to like spend more time together essentially under the same roof for a bit. So I do think it was good to like kind of we've talked about this, like the fail fast mentality. It's not necessarily a failure when you learn that something isn't the right fit. It's allowing you to be open for the right fit. And I think that's something that definitely came out in this episode Today. And I think the other piece why I love this episode so much, uh, I t- we told Kevin, who is a friend of ours and has actually been a past guest, he was on season two way yes. back in the day. We shared with him, like, I just love how like raw and real he is about this, if, not just his musical story that he shares, but I think he really did get raw about just the loneliness that's happening right now. And I think it's very mm-hmm. real. And we had actually one of our community members, um, Dawn, comment the other day on Facebook, which I thought was super, I loved how much she was like normalizing this because she is someone that's engaged. She has kids. Like she's not alone per se, but she did mention how she does struggle with loneliness when she is by herself. And she's really learning to, again, master date, you know, date yourself. And I think at the end of the day, like that is so important no matter the stage that you're in. I mean, personally, like I was worried about like after my ex and I ended, like, would I just be super lonely and depressed? And I personally haven't felt it because I've been able to like, you know, rely on friends and just fill myself with hobbies and projects like the podcast and all this. But I think there is a skill of learning how to be on your own, even if you are in a relationship. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what we say all the time. You have to love being alone before you can enter into a relationship because you can't look for someone to, what do they say, complete you? No, right. you're not complete. You have to complete yourself before you can have someone in your life who can compliment you and help and share life with you. So I think that's really profound. And I also, I can definitely see where Dawn's coming from. There's nothing worse than being in a relationship and feeling that loneliness. Mm-hmm. So learning how to navigate that loneliness, even when you're not in a relationship is really important, you know, in the future. It's just, it's just something that you can't get around. Totally. And like she was commenting it was like her like fiance going to work it's like you can't be around someone 24 7 like even if everything is great so you just have to learn 
it. I think the other thing that I do want to point out, you and I made predictions back at January of last year. Do you remember this? Our 2020 predictions. Mm-hmm. This was before mm-hmm. COVID hit. So we did not predict COVID. But one thing we did predict was that dating apps would be more like IRL connections in real life. Mm-hmm. And I think that actually has happened, maybe not with dating apps as much, but we've seen this like uptick of these other social platforms and people turning to, you know, we had love in the time of TikTok as one of our earlier episodes of this couple that kind of did the turbo relationship and they met off TikTok. Um, Kevin today talks about this new app Clubhouse that he almost describes as like walking into a virtual bar. And then we've even seen it with our Facebook group doing happy hours. So I feel like this is happening. It's like this, like finding these alternate methods to meet in this virtual world that we're in. Another alternate method to meet people is join the sounding board. Yeah. (laughs) Not for romantic connections, but basically, do you ever feel like you're just alone in what you're going through in your love life that you just wish that there was someone else to bounce ideas off of or to just get feedback from? And that person may not necessarily be a friend or a family member because you want an objective opinion. That's basically what the sounding board is. It's an extension of the podcast. It's an extension of our Facebook community. It's a smaller, tight-knit group of people who are very invested in each other's love lives and who are invested in their own well-being and personal development. And we're we invested a, in them. <laughs> Julie and I are the, the the main investors in this whole uh, in this whole project, I guess you could you could call it. But we just had a great event last week with Kimmy Seltzer talking about how to make a great lasting first impression, um, how to just put your best foot forward when it mm-hmm. comes to everything in life. It's not just dating. And it was a fantastic event. We learned so much about just photos, the energy you're giving off, your body language, and then dating profiles, like some tricks. And for people that are in relationships, you're like quarantined 24-7. I feel like we're going into that second wave inevitably right now. It's like, how do you kind of pump up the date night volume so you don't lose all romance when you're in sweats 24-7? So (laughs) there was a lot of different tracks for whatever your needs are. There's something for everyone here. And I think outside of events too. So you can go to datablepodcast.com slash sounding board and read about all of it. But we have a few different tiers that offer different things. And we also have this odd series that has we just released our first one so you're still coming in fresh if you join now we did squashing limiting beliefs and it's kind of like we're still trying to come up with like the right term because there's some there's nothing like this out there but it's almost like guided exploration for you like I don't want to use the word coaching because I don't love that word but it's almost like trying to help you through just like you know getting to that next level with your love life whatever that is and figuring out what is it that is really holding you back and it's applicable for all so again that if you want to read more about the sounding board, that's datablepodcast.com slash sounding board. And another perk of sounding board members is you get discounts to our merchandise yeah. store. Our merch has just dropped uh, lots of great feedback so far. We have some really <laughs> fun apparel, some really fun gear, um, pillows, phone cases, all of the above. Masks, a lot of masks, oh, tanks, that's a, tees, yes. sweats, everything. I mean, I think my favorite line is the corn 
quarantined from fuckboys or socially distanced yet emotionally available. But there's a lot so of different good. ones. They're very relevant with the time. We, we spent a lot of time coming up with the sayings and doing the graphic design on it. So we hope you enjoy them. Um, we already have a few people that have ordered their sweatshirts. So we can't wait to take a look in some mugs. We also have mugs. So if you're not brave enough to rock the, <laughs> the quarantine from fuckboys gear, you can at least have it in your home while you're socially distancing. And while Sounding Board members get a discount, it's a pretty steep discount to the merch store. If you are not a Sounding Board member, we do have a Black Friday sale coming up starting this Friday. Um, Be on the lookout for that. It's going to be our biggest sale ever, as they always say (laughs) on these ads. It's our biggest sale ever. It's our only sale because we just launched a merch store. But, you know, that's still true. Is Black Friday Cyber Monday just like one this year? Like what is going on? But we'll just make it a we'll make it a singular sale. <laughs> I think it's a black year. Yeah, it's a black year. Black year. Everyone online shopping all yeah. the time. We also are doing um, coffee dates. We have the upper tier that has like a one-on-one session with UA and I just to kind of you know get talk to us about whatever really. And we only have five spots left on that one. We do have it limited just because of our own capacity. So if you are interested in that, definitely get on it. And that's cool. the sounding board. We would love to also <laughs> take some time for our sponsor for this episode, um, BetterHelp, who've been with us for a long time. Thank you so much, BetterHelp, for helping us through these unprecedented times, helping us take our mental health as a priority in, you know, everything that's going on right now. So BetterHelp offers online counseling with professional, credible, and compassionate therapists in a safe and private environment. Their counselors specialize in depression, relationships, pandemics, trauma, and many other areas. And with over 3,000 U.S. licensed professionals across all 50 states, they make it easier than ever to find help. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And now for you, our wonderful Dateable listeners, you get 10% off your first month with the code Dateable. Get started today by going to betterhelp.com Dateable and join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com Dateable and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E for 10% off your first month. And now we're ready to get into turbo relationships with Kethan. One of our first guests ever on the show and one of our longest lasting relationships too, because we've kept in touch since the episode aired and we've become friends. And also you've, you've sent out this episode to potential dates and girlfriends yes this was your thing this was your thing for a while it's like an faq okay we need to marinate on that for a sec so logistically how does that work you match with someone on a dating site you plan a date and then before you go on the date you're like hey listen to this episode first i mean it's not always like planned out like that i think a lot of times you know when you're texting on the apps it's hard to get to really know someone so sometimes i'll talk about how i'm a writer and i'll send some pieces are written funny enough when we're doing all these phone calls during quarantine people are like oh your voice is really sexy i'm like oh yeah i've actually been on a podcast (laughs) and that kind of like opens it up but i don't always end it it's more it's more like if i've gotten to the point where i feel like okay you know you should know a little bit about me and the crazy things i've happened in my life just for fun Almost everyone who's listened to been like, wow, that was, um, thank you for sharing that. That was like really amazing to hear, you know? So I don't think they're necessarily turned off by it. It's yeah. more they're like, wow, this is how this person thinks, this is how this person talks. Also, it was five years ago yeah. now. So, you know, things have changed. 
And you do have a sexy podcast voice. I never realized this from the last time you recorded. I think it's partly your mic as well. And I <laughs> and I think in the five years, you've matured into this deep, sultry voice. <laughs> it's like a fine whiskey. Yeah, exactly. I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of emails after this one airs. But who is Ketan? We want to know. <laughs> Once again, he is 43 years old. He's been in San Francisco for 17 years, originally from India. He's single and actively going on dates. But for this episode in particular, we're talking about a series of, of stories that happened during the pandemic. I mean, I think everyone's going a little stir crazy. How do I date during this time? And you've come out of this with quite the story of, I, I hate to say too fast, uh, too soon, too much, too, <laughs> what What should we call it? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. But I think one of the themes that we've heard with dating in the time of Corona is this turbo relationship, yes. these like relationships mm -hmm. that kind of skyrocket. So you texted us not knowing that we were going to turn this into a podcast episode. <laughs> and we're Surprise. like, you're he's like, I just want to share a story with you. We're like, no, we're going to talk about this on the podcast because I think people should hear your story because it's super interesting. So tell us what happened to get you to New York to meet someone you had only met virtually. Take us back. So uh, if I can rewind a bit, I mean, quarantine has been hard for me. I'm an extrovert. I love meeting people. I'm very social. I had moved into this new apartment one week before quarantine hit. Oh my gosh. Instead of having this magical new place where all my friends were coming over for dinner and, you know, all this stuff, I've just been alone for the most part. And you had a housewarming party planned. I remember this and it turned into a virtual housewarming party. We went party. to it. You were the first virtual birthday I went to. <laughs> I was so sad that day. I really was. Like, I went from having this amazing party plan with like bartenders and chefs and DJs all the way to having a Zoom party. And this is early during the, the, during the you know, pandemic. So no one knew what the hell was going on. Honestly, I, I was depressed. Everyone was having a hard time, right? It was very isolating. Everyone was so scared. We didn't know if being outside meant we were going to die. Right. You know, like uh, it felt like fear was everywhere. And so as that wore on, I was trying to figure out dating. Funny enough, this new app came on the scene, it has nothing to do with dating, but it be kind of became a Silicon Valley darling called Clubhouse. Yes, I just got my invite. Me too. I just found out what it is. Oh my gosh, we're so late in the game. Well, I knew what it was. I just didn't get an invite earlier. I just got one recently. <laughs> well, so what it is, is that it's an audio only chat app and there's different rooms and you can go into different rooms about different topics some are random some are about work stuff some are about non-work stuff and you can talk to people and for the longest time it was invite only it was a silicon valley darling yeah like they raised an insane amount of money but the perfect storm of being isolated in your house and having an app where you can talk to strangers just made it blow up mm -hmm. and it became for me that i would spend i, I got on club bus i think in late june or early June, I would spend three or four hours a day talking to people. Wow. And now one thing to remember is if you haven't socialized for a while, you've been a hermit, you forget how to talk to people. So one, there was a relearning <laughs> of like actually how to talk to strangers and be like, say, how, how are you doing? And this app has some pretty big heavy hitters. Oprah's on the app, yeah. Why Amazon the app, um, you know. For Felicia real? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like My, big names are on there. It's yeah. like pretty elite right now. Yeah. And you don't see anyone. You don't, so you don't see anyone. It's only audio chat. And so one of the things is you have to play to your strengths. What I've always realized is that I actually love talking on the phone. I've never had a problem with it. Mm -hmm. And I think I have a great voice. And people have told me I have a great voice. So I was like, great. 
this app is fun, <laughs> right? And we would talk about random things, everything from like, how are you handling quarantine um, to how are you dealing with uh, work stuff, you know, and sometimes it would talk about dating, but like it was still early in the history of the app. So like being a man in the modern era, you want to be careful with how you come off, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to be out there just putting yourself out there and you want to respect people's concerns. I had like almost never slid into anyone's DMs. It never happens. Like I just don't do that, you know? And so one day, um, this woman gets on the app and we're in a private room. There's just a few of us. There's actually another one and another man in it. And I realized that five years previously, I had messaged her on Facebook because she had written some article that I thought was incredible. And that's all I had said. I said, hey, this article is incredible. I just want you to know I really liked it. Left on read. Never read. <laughs> mm. Did it go to her other folder though? It probably you never did. Know. It probably did. Yeah. I don't, I don't think she was being malicious. Um, anyway. Then I tell her this and she's like, oh my God, so that's so nice of you. Thank you. And she has this really beautiful voice. And these other people in the room and we just start talking and it's immediately apparent that we're like vibing and we're just talking. It almost feels like we're on a virtual date, like we're, but other people are in the room and they're trying to talk and it's kind of like kind of funny, but we're all both also being careful because I don't, we haven't said anything obvious, right? We're just like, and I was talking about, hey, you know, I've always wanted to move to New York and she lives in New York. And New York's been a dream for me. I've lived in San Francisco. I've lived in DC. I've lived in Seattle, but I've never lived in New York. And I think um, New York would be a beautiful place for me. And she lived there. And I was like, hey, I always want to move to New York. What's it like? And she was telling me about her life. Anyway, we ended up talking from 11 a.m. my time till like 3 or 4 a.m. my time. Wait, just you two or the whole group at this point? There was a few other people coming in and out, but it was mostly me and her. Okay. Holy shit. Were they just like right. coming in and out and they're like, there's major flirtation. I need to exit. I mean, that was <laughs> awkward. You're it, coming was into fun. a date. It was, that's the thing about Clubhouse though, because it's like walking into a virtual um, cocktail party. Yeah. As a way of connecting to people during a time when we're all so isolated, it's a beautiful experience. People were spending four to eight hours on the app yeah. easily per day. And so um, we had this amazing first chat and I didn't know what to think. But the next morning I wake up, you know, and remember this is, she's on the East Coast time. So it's much later for her. She's like, I have to go to bed. It's like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. We also remember how, how are we all starved for connection right now? Right. Right. During the pandemic. And I think it's, that's a big thing for a lot of people, how starved people are, which makes sense. I'm starved for a connection, you know? And I wake up the next morning and I'm going on Twitter because one of the things with Clubhouse is someone has a Twitter account and then you can like kind of connect and that's where all the back channel happens. And I'm going on Twitter and I'm about to tweet, um, sending her a DM saying, hey, I had a good time. But she ends up tweeting me and saying, I blame Kid Bombay, which is my handle and someone else for keeping me up all night. Thanks, Clubhouse. <laughs> right when I'm sending that's her this cute. message. I like that. <laughs> it was like the perfect timing. Twitter I'm, flirtation. I Twitter feel flirtation. like this is flirting in 2020. <laughs> I, have I have never slid into anyone's DMs. It was 2020. This was the first time I've ever slid into anyone's DMs. Well, this well, is she, the time. She didn't DM you. She, she, went she tweeted it. She went public. But I DM'd her and I said, hey, um, I hope you got some sleep. We started chatting. What I've been doing a lot lately is uh, at my new neighborhood, I'm going on walks a lot during the pandemic by myself, just like going grocery shopping or whatever and taking long walks outdoors because heck, you know, we need to get out of the house. As one does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I said, Hey, I'm going about to go on a walk. Can I call you? And she goes, sure. So I give her my number. Oh, this is all over Twitter DMs. Anyway, we have this amazing three and a half hour phone call. Wow. We're 
we just talk about everything, everything from life to dating to whatever. And the whole time I hadn't like really broken out and said, hey, I'm interested in you. I just, we were just talking about stuff. And there's a moment where I was sitting at the park talking to her about some of my views on, on just life in general. And I remember exactly what I said, but she was like, whatever you said was so beautiful. I'm actually crying right now. Wow. wow. So we had this really deep connection. Like it was really mm-hmm. beautiful. And I loved what she was saying. You know, there was just a lot of uh, amazing things she was talking about with the way she viewed her life. And for some how we got to talk about dating. And I was actually in the, in the grocery store at this point, And I was like picking up my like berries or something. And I said, she said something like, oh, I haven't gone on a date forever. And I was like, well, I'd like to take you out. Oh. And she goes, really? And I said, yeah, sure. I would love to take you out. She goes, in New York? Well, I'm like, yeah, we can start there. And <laughs> So you've at this point decided you're going to fly after the one, three and a half hour call? No, no, no. no, no, no. Okay. This, was just, this was just the, I'd like to, we were just talking. You were flirting with the idea. We okay. were flirting. Okay, okay. But I made it, one thing I like to do, I like to make my intention really clear. I think it's 2020. Not enough people say, I'd like to take you out on a date. Mm-hmm. I, I don't do yeah. this whole, let's hang out. Let's see each other. No, like I want to make it clear. I'm interested in you, getting to know you better. If you're interested, great. If you're not, that's totally fine. So you knew what she looked like at this point. Did she know, I mean, did she know who you, what you looked like? So on Clubhouse, you can see your profile pictures. But because I had messaged her years ago, I'd seen um, her photos. Um, she's a very beautiful woman, you know? Um, and hopefully she thought, I think she thought I was attractive. So that was great. Anyway, so we planned like this date the very same night after our three and a half hour phone call. And I'm like, okay, wow, all right, we're gonna do this. And honestly, first of all, during the pandemic, up until then, I had hated video dates. They're just awkward and horrible and not fun. And I hadn't found a way to really like make it fun, you know? And it's just odd to like stare at someone's on the screen and try to make a connection. And thanks, that's what we're doing right now. But thanks, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> well, but see, we know each other. Right, we right. Know each other, it's so it's, it's a whole different ball game. It's a whole different world. <laughs> I know what you're like. I know what your interactions are. I know what your energy's like. Um, but on video, you don't know any of that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, apparently this one, she's like a video pro, and she had been doing video for professionally for so long. She was really good at it. And so she made me feel so at ease. So we get on this first date and it ends up being another like two and a half hour video date. My hand's really tired <laughs> holding up the thumb. Were you guys just talking or were you like doing anything on the video date? Most of the time on this first date, we were just talking. Okay. So just, and just tons kind of to talk about. You guys yeah, clearly. Well, <laughs> well, one, she's an excellent communicator, very mature person. There's a couple of things with dating during the pandemic. I think one, we don't, we haven't realized how isolated we all have really felt. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had talked to some other people virtually like the month previously or the two months before that. I remember I talked to this one woman and within four days of us talking on the phone for a couple hours a day, she had said she had fallen for me. Wow. Wow. Right. Like I think people are just starved for connection. I try to be very expressive. I try to kind of like, you know, be really honest with my emotions. Not always. I'm not perfect by any means, but, but, you know, I, I try to communicate well. So we had had like this like great first video date and we planned another one and we planned our second one. And that was our official video date where we were like, we're going to get dressed up and we're going to do all this stuff. And we were going to make dinner together. She was going to make the same meal. I was going to make the same meal. And we were going to walk and talk and do this whole thing. So cute. So we go on this second video date. And so here's the thing with during the pandemic, I haven't been wearing pants. (laughs) What are pants? What are pants? (laughs) Nobody's been wearing pants. There's really big difference between San Francisco dating and New York dating. Mm. New York dating, they wear pants. They wear pants. (laughs) But there's also just a different kind of attitude and a different kind of approach to fashion and everything. Oh, totally. That's unknown. Yeah. I've become an SF sweatpants wearer. Um, Anyway, so we go on this first date. 
I have I put my iPhone up in a way where she can see me cooking. And the first thing she like screams out, "You're not wearing pants!" But you were wearing sweatpants, right? You weren't like pantless. no, I was just wearing actually just my underwear. Oh, you were okay. <laughs> oh. That is different than wearing sweatpants. Let's let's because call that out. Whatever. Well, here's the thing: how many of us are actually wearing pants? At all right now. I mean, I am. I'm not we- well, on a date. You. I'm not. <laughs> well, I had, to. I had to walk outside, but normally I wouldn't be. Of my, my video calls or my phone calls during the pandemic. I'm not wearing pants. It's nothing personal. I just I hadn't thought about it. And I was like, oops. And she's like, well, thanks for dressing up because she had dressed up. And I was like, I feel really bad. But very different New York versus SF stock. Okay, that is not New York versus SF. Let's just put the pin no, on that for a second. Like you forgot to wear pants. <laughs> I messed up. I clearly messed up. But it, it wasn't like sexual or anything. I was, literally was just like, I don't wear pants. And, I, and of course, I put them on and we had a lovely day. We, we both <laughs> made some enjoyable um, cauliflower pizza together. And I had never made that before. And it was really fun. And again, it was like a three, four hour day over video, which is a hell of a long time, but yes. it never felt like a long time. Okay. So we proceed for the next month, honestly, just to have amazing conversations. Are you talking like every day, three to four We're hours? talking and texting and video chatting and phone calling almost every day. Wow. And it's honestly really beautiful. It's, it's, um, we had a lot of things in common, a lot of similar things we like. You know, we're both Indian. Um, so we had that similar background. We both are ambitious. You know, we had that similar background. Um, she cares a lot about her work. I care a lot about my work, you know, but we also know how to live our lives, you know, enjoy ourselves. And we're both about similar ages. So that was, I mean, there was a lot that was like lining up, you know. Mm-hmm. But in addition to all this deep conversation, are you two also opening up about your feelings for each other? Slowly, yes. Yes. Mm. It, it, it definitely, because I had that experience with that other woman where she'd opened up so quickly about her emotions, I was a little bit gun shy. Mm. But one of the things we did, we talked about our love languages, which I know you guys are a big fan of. But we also talked about, I, I started this new idea of called the, uh, it sounds really tech douchey, but an onboarding doc, oh. which is the idea of- like, Oh my God. <laughs> that is, is tech douchey. <laughs> but, here, here, but listen, hear me out, hear me out. It's this idea where I realized is when you meet someone, if you had the cheat sheet yeah. for what- this person loves and doesn't like. Yeah. You would do better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So perfect example for me, I get hangry, right? I've witnessed that fed, before. Yes. It. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. Like Anjari is my family. If we get hangry, it's the worst. And I told her this and and like there was times where like, you know, we'd be talking throughout the month and she'd be like, Hey, go eat a snack. Oh, that's right? good. Cause she knew. And same thing for her. Like she had sent me some stuff about her. We actually both made a Google doc talking about our individual like wow. needs and it was honestly one of the most beautiful expressions about kind of how you want to be loved, right? Like one of hers was she loves voice messages, like the, the ones that you send like audio messages. And so mm-hmm. I sent more of those and that made her feel special. And same for me, whatever needs I had. And then honestly, I think when you're meeting someone, um, especially virtually, how do you get to know each other really, right? Right. Like we would do things that we would take walks virtually together, but this is a freaking pandemic. Like people are dying right. and the world is crazy. I don't know what's going on. And honestly, I don't know what, about flying. Like flying sounds scary as fuck. Yeah. Let's be honest. The good thing was I had just taken my first road trip during the pandemic. And what I had done was driven up by myself from San Francisco to the uh, Northern California coast to Oregon to Crater Lake and back. 
and I just really actually got out in the world for the first time during the pandemic. And really, I love nature. I love hiking and really taking the time to get comfortable. And also it removed a lot of my fear of COVID. Mm. I mean, COVID is serious. It's no joke. People are dying. Everyone should wear a mask. But I think one of the things that's happened in San Francisco, and this is always not an easy conversation, is people were so scared. People weren't doing anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not good either. There's a danger to not doing anything. Right. To totally. Isolation. Depression. The mental like, health. I mean, I was depressed. Yeah. Mental health up. I mean, I, luckily, I'd had a therapist in the last few months. I I did a lot more with my therapist since the pandemic, so that's been really good. So, did you drive to New York, or did you fly there? Well, let's get. I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've been talking for a month. Everything was great. We were trying to figure out the flight stuff, and this is the thing that the pandemic has really changed, which is you have to have the COVID talk, yeah, mm-hmm. long before you actually meet, which is so much like the STD talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. it totally right? is. It's, it it's totally kind of awkward. Is. Have you been tested? Who are you hanging out with? When's the last time you got tested? And yeah, you, get to, you know. And so, luckily, we were both mature and we had a really good conversation about it. But she has specific concerns. I wanted to make sure I was addressing them. So we both ended up getting tested. We both kind of like were like really clear on what we thought was safe, agreed on you know how we would meet. A very mature conversation to have a very early in a relationship. Well, also, I feel like before you would ever be like, have you kissed someone or something that's like so little, did she ask about your dating life outside of her and vice versa? We talked about, I mean, there was nothing we didn't talk about. I mean, we talked all ends of relationships and dating and personal growth. And yeah, I mean, we were transparent as possible. And we over that time, our connection really grew. Like there was this person that I thought that was really amazing, you know? So do you think and this was like, there was something here, like serious at this point? A hundred percent. Okay. 100%. I, I wouldn't talk that much on the phone. You know, it got to the point where like, I wasn't even trying to talk to anybody else. Got it. It was, it was like we were almost already in a relationship, even though we had never met. Yeah. Right. And we didn't say we were exclusive by any means, but like after a month of talking all this time, you invest, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you don't have time for someone else. Right. You're not just have enough time for any, someone else. If you want something deep, you have to explore it. Yeah. Right. It's, it's too easy in this modern world to like go on 25 virtual dates in a heartbeat, you know? The reason I asked was because some people are turning to these super long dates just out of boredom, right? Like there right. is a difference between genuinely feeling connected to someone versus like, let me just do this because I have nothing else to do. I mean, before before the pandemic, I would not try to have long conversations with people before we went on a first date. Right. It was, I, it would always go bad because you'd create this connection and you would meet and then maybe the attraction wasn't there or something was off and it wouldn't work out. So I generally, as a plan, like to meet up pretty soon, but obviously the pen, you know, COVID has changed everything, but we talked about so many deep and meaningful things. So at one point um, it's like a Sunday night and she's already in bed and I'm like, screw it. And I just buy a flight. Maybe we talked about all the details we wanted, like what kind of time periods and all this stuff. And, but I just bought a flight and she wakes up in the morning and she's like, oh my God, baby, bought a flight. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. I can't believe this is happening. And it was about like a week away and I can't believe I bought a flight, you know? <laughs> and it was really funny. I had a conversation with my dad and I don't usually talk to my dad about dating, but I said, hey, I'm thinking of flying to go meet this girl. My dad's hilarious. He's like, um, so do you want to meet a girl or do you want to die? <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Nothing to do with her, but just pure yeah, pandemic. My right. dad's like, you know, he's like in his late 70s. So obviously he's concerned about this, but he was, he, he had a fair point. And like that caused me to think about it because I was like, wow, I'm going to get on a plane, potentially expose myself yep. to COVID, fly all the way to New York. It's a long flight. So I like read every single article on mm-hmm. all the COVID stuff. What's safe? What's not safe? What's the incidence rates? Like I was like a scientist all of a sudden, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to decipher some of the stuff, what's real or not. I talked to my doctor friends. Like I like was like researching because the last thing I wanted to do was go fly yep. and then get COVID. Right. Or and give, then it, give to it to her. her. Yeah. Exactly. 
Exactly. If someone else could be immunocompromised because of me, I would never like live that down. Right. That'd be horrible. It's almost worse than an STD, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, for sure. You know? And so, but we made a safe plan. Like I got a face shield. <laughs> I got like the whole thing. Like I was wearing gloves, you know, like I, I bought the best mask possible. Like I just like made sure everything was safe and all that worry, you know, I got a flight on United at a time, which was not doing middle seats. So I had, you know, basically me in a space and then someone else. So I get on the plane, I fly to New York and it's totally fine. The flight was super safe. Everyone was masking. Everyone was being safe. We had distance. I felt really safe. I felt probably safer than I had in a long time because, you know, airplanes, they circulate the air and everyone on all the flight attendants around the mask was wearing it. And even when I was eating on the airplane, I wore my face shield. So even when my mask was off, Mm -hmm. I also wear glasses. So like literally there was no pores visible (laughs) to anybody, right? Like I I just did everything I could to be safe. And I land and originally we had made all this plan for me to like, and this is really extensive, to like wait a couple days and get COVID tested, make sure I was clear. And then when we see each other, and then basically everything I read said, if you're really going to do that, you have to wait two weeks. Yeah. Because the incidence of exposure is up to 14 days, from four to 14 yeah. days. Nothing in three days. Nothing in three days. It's not going to happen. So even though we were like, had all this plan, I land, I call and I said, hey, the flight was super easy. Do you want to meet up tonight? And she's like, yes. Oh, <laughs> she's like, it's on. I've been waiting a month for this. <laughs> and then did you guys plan where you were going to stay? Once you get to New York? Yes, we had all these adult conversations. I had made sure that I was going to get a hotel close okay. to where she lived. I didn't want her um, to feel like... I had never... I, by the way, I've never done a long distance stadium before. Yeah. Um, this is my first time. So I made sure that like I had all the time in the world to like stay by myself, make sure we had space. You know, I told her, don't cancel your meetings on the week I'm here. Right. Like, do your normal life. Like, let's not go from zero to 100. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. You're already um, basically going from zero to 100. Sounds very mature. Foreshadowing. But we ended up meeting that night and she said, you know, let's meet at her place. Honestly, that first night was magical. She couldn't believe I was there in the flesh. She was gorgeous and I was nervous. And we did a beautiful sunset walk in um, Central Park. When you first saw her, did you guys hug? Was there a kiss? We hugged. Do fuck like ASAP. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, Julie. Yeah, yeah. So actually, funny enough, I particularly said I didn't want to have sex our first night. I had said that because in my experience, when you have sex the first time you meet, it generally ends up not working out. Yeah, but you've been talking like nonstop for a month. I don't know totally, if I'd have that me, control. My hormones, but... were, my hormones were feeling different things, but I just wanted okay, to mature. Fair enough, fair enough. You know? Also, I just think it, it's like anticipation is beautiful. Okay. Right? And we already that. had a lot of it. You know, and so, no, don't get me wrong. We met and I wanted to kiss her, but I didn't know what the right moment was. Anyway, we go on this like beautiful walk in Central Park or at the castle, the Belvedere Castle, whatever it is. And we're looking at the sunset and it just feels special. Everything feels right. I was really happy, you know? Funny enough, she had never during COVID gone out to a restaurant because she was concerned about health. And I said, hey, do you want to go out to eat tonight? She said, I haven't done it, but I'll do it with you. Okay. We find this like corner Italian place. There's outdoor seating. Like I'm being clutched, like dropping things left and right, but it's super cute. And we're having this like great time. And um, this musician comes up and starts playing music. And so I go over to him and say, I request a song, Killing Me Softly, of course, which I knew was one of her favorite songs. Oh, from your um, um, onboarding doc. Okay, got it. From onboarding doc, exactly. <laughs> and we Did start she, dancing she... in the middle of the street during the pandemic. Wow. 
This is straight out of a movie right now. This is. And I feel like it's going to take a turn really soon. It was, it was picture perfect. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I mean, it was a beautiful meeting. It really was. And I will always cherish that. And um, I think during a time period where so many people are scared to be able to express love and desire is actually a beautiful thing. For the last six months, I've been scared to leave my house. I've been scared to touch my friends and family, right? Mm -hmm. I've been scared to be human. And here I'm able to connect with someone that, that I've never met before, but in a way that just feels really special, you know? So the first few days of us hanging out, everything's great. I have my hotel. I go there during the day, do my work. She does her stuff. And it was good. And then she had said, let's do a road trip out of the city because there's not much to do in New York during the pandemic. And I don't want to be around a lot of people. And I was like, "Ah, I don't know. I love road trips, but a road trip with someone you just met sounds a little scary. And we drove up to upstate and it just quickly went very obvious being like, it's one thing to like date in the city, but I think doing a trip too early with someone is, as we've already heard from me in the past, um, <laughs> a horrible idea. Was it just like 24-7 time together? Like what was it yes. that made it a that bad dedicated thing? time? Ooh. Well, two things, two things, how someone travels, right? Like I'm very easygoing. Yeah. Uh, I just go with the flow, whatever. I'm not, while I'm concerned with COVID, I'm not, I mean, you're compromised. I don't have anything to worry about. And she was more concerned and I totally respect that. Right. And just the way our energy is flowing. It's one thing to have energy on a date and in and your house and like walking around the city is a whole other thing on a road trip. Yeah. You know? And it just quickly became obvious that we weren't vibing all of a sudden, but we mm-hmm. ended up like staying with some of her friends who were amazing and incredible. And we had this, this like week where we went from never having met to having met to staying together then doing a road trip together, then meeting some of her friends and then go hiking together. And it was just zero to hundred. It was too much too quickly. So at this stage, were you like, I totally get it. I mean, there's a reason why in non-turbo relationships, relationships pre-COVID usually didn't go away for the weekend with someone that you're just dating, right? That usually was like a couple months down the line or at least a month down the line. You don't even meet someone's friends so soon either. Right. Exactly. Like things go at a slower pace. You're usually like hanging out one to two times a week or whatever. So... I guess my question for you, though, is like, I think for me, at least, it would, I, would, I would have trouble seeing things unfold and being like, okay, this isn't really vibing, but then also remembering all the connection we had and how special it was. Like, how were, was there ever a point that you were like, I'm still going to give this a shot? Or did you decide like, this isn't what I want? We tried. I mean, okay. We really did. I think we both really, really tried. And at some point, when you are virtually connected to someone, it's very different than in person. It just is. Nothing takes the place of that. Also spending so much time with someone so quickly, no matter who it is. I'm a horrible person if you spend 24-7 with me if you haven't met me before, right? Like everyone has their own idiosyncrasies um, that, you know, when you first, like we went from literally nothing to like almost practically living together for a few days. And that was too much. And all my friends were like, why didn't you guys just stay in the hotel separately? And I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we didn't. <laughs> You're like too <laughs> because, late now. Yeah. Too late now. But also I think there was this fear of like, we only have this week together. Yeah, limited you know, time. Max it exactly. out. But then you maxed it too much, basically. We maxed it too much, but you invested too much in that. And it probably would have, in hindsight, it would have been better just to be like, I'll see you Wednesday, stay by hotel. I'll see you Thursday, I'll stay in my hotel. I'll stay you Friday. Even on the weekend, maybe we go for a day, but not a whole like three or four days, you know, to go somewhere. It's, it's, it's like, here's what you want to say. It's like learning how to ride a bike. You don't like pick up the bike and then do a hundred mile ride the next day. You just don't. 
like a relationship has to have strength. It has to have legs to live on in order to handle more intricate things. Let's hold that thought for a sec. We'll get right back to it. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use a code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use a code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, Nina's going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You do hear of some of those people that do meet. Like, we actually had another couple on our podcast that met through TikTok, which is actually kind of like... super famous couple. Yeah, it's like, I mean, essentially, it's similar to to Clubhouse as like this new modern day dating app that's not really a dating app, right? But they like essentially just they kind of were like, we've already gone all in, like everything's going great. We're just going to go with it and keep doing it. Like I could see it really blasting off. But then we've also talked about this like fail fast mentality of things just not, you know, like learning quicker. Like, do you think it's that you just ultimately weren't compatible or do you think it was the too soon, too fast? I think it's a combination of both, right? I think any relationship given time, um, if you water it carefully, can grow at the right pace, but if you overwater it, it's going to die, right? And that's literally what happened. We tried too much, too quickly. You know, I don't think it's her fault. I don't think it's my fault. We were both really excited for that connection. We were both really excited to meet and potentially have who we thought someone could be our partner. Wait, so is that the end of the story? Sorry, I. So you go on this trip together, <laughs> a road trip. Yeah, it's clear you're not getting along. Is that the end of you two? Well, so we had spent like. A week and a half together, basically. By the end of it, I ended up staying in my home hotel and it was kind of like this sad day where I was like, well, I guess this is not working. She's like, yeah, this is not working. We both realized it. 
we brought up being friends and she was like, you know, I'm not ready for that yet. I'll need some time. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense because she is someone important to me, you know, and hopefully I'm important to her. And yeah, we just went our separate ways. And um, I was still in New York and, and the fires were raging out here in California. Mm. So what I ended up doing, I called a buddy of mine and said, I need to crash at your place. He's like, sure, come on over. And I ended up staying in New York actually a whole additional month. And you got, oh, wow. Did you guys see each other at all in that month? We saw each other once. And so one of the things we had talked about is the reason we did the road trip is that afterwards we wanted to do a fall foliage road trip up to Maine, like the bigger road trip. So we wanted to do a practice road trip first. I ended up still wanting to go on that road trip and I ended up doing that road trip and like going to Maine and Vermont and New Hampshire and having this incredible time by myself. Sad it was by myself, but beautiful because I saw all this nature and did all this hiking and, and loved it and got away from you know the city for a while. We had talked about meeting up afterwards, but at that point, there was no point, you know, like it would have just prolonged agony. And I don't think she, at first she wanted to see me and I wanted to somehow maintain friends because there's someone important, but I don't think that's what she wanted. So like kind of went our own ways and I respect that. You know, one thing I've heard about New York dating, a friend of mine who lives there, was crashing with was like, yo, in New York, when people are done, they're done. Oh, it's, interesting. Like in SF, it's like this thing of like- lingers. Yeah, it lingers no. forever. I hate that no. shit. New York is like, we're done. Yeah, I don't know who you are. That's probably why you're, you're like that. <laughs> I'm so like that. I murder I actually them. respect it. I respect it. It's hard. It's so not how it is here at all. <laughs> but there's a lot of people in SF who like, yeah, I'm friends with still because we used to date, but it's not like I really want to hang out with right. them, you know? But your New chances is- of running into them in SF are a lot higher than That's in true. New York That's too. true. It's That's probably true. just like a mentality of like on to the next. There's like a zillion people here. You just change a borough and you're like, good. <laughs> I do think there's a difference between New York attitudes and like SF attitudes in terms of how we talk about dating and how we do things. And we were definitely different in that style, right? Mm-hmm. Like she was keep on, you know, asking me like, are you all loosey goosey? Are you poly? And all that. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But like, you know, there's like the, the, the stereotypes. I'm like, are you in New York? Are you all harsh and critical? She's like, no, I'm yeah, not. We're in touch with our feelings here. We're soft. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but we are also loosey goosey and a little bit yeah. flighty. We are flakier like for sure. Wait, so I'm still trying to like understand this whole thing. Cause I feel like I get like that. You're like, okay, we spent a lot of time together. This is not vibing. I just like, what was the effort to be like, I'm going to try anyways? Like what would, did that period look like? Or were you just like, no, this isn't going to work. I think when you involve your friends too soon, when you take a trip too soon, like all these things just started coming up for me and we just had very different lifestyles. Mm. And this sounds cliche, but she was a city girl and I'm an outdoors guy. You know, even though I live in SF, like on this last trip, I did over like 50 miles of hiking, you know, and I, I love being outdoors and I'm always hiking. I'm always doing something like that. And not that that's the only thing, but I think it's the attitudes around how we see our lives and where we want in the future. And I was like, do we keep investing in something where we both don't want the same future? So this was a blessing in disguise in a way because there wasn't going to be much of a change. You would have discovered this sooner or later. It's just that this event prompted it a little sooner. That's the thing about turbo relationships. Everything comes up sooner. Yeah. And that's why we were saying like this whole fail fast mentality, like startups, right? You're encouraged to fail fast. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like we've always said before COVID, one of the biggest challenges in modern dating is people just let things drag out like half-assed for so long. And this might've, you might've like been in a relationship with this woman for like six months till you figured out the things that you figured out 
in like a month, right? And I think I learned a lot about myself, you know, I've been talking to my therapist more, I've been doing a lot more deeper work on what came up for me in terms of like, you know, I still had things I hadn't figured out yet. And I'm sure similar things happened for her like that as well. So I, I think this COVID thing has got us all so twisted. It's got all of us so honestly, I think scared that sometimes it's hard to know when you're acting out of what you want or acting out of fear. Yeah. I was going to say that too. Like you said, this has happened with a few women, not just her. And I think there is definitely this like, you know, everyone's greatest fear is that they'll like die alone and end up alone. And I think in COVID times that became like, okay, this actually could be now, right? Like this this could be now. Is it when I'm like 90, right? And I think like, I wonder how much that has propelled people to be making these like rash judgments with turbo relationships, whether it's like the person they're falling for or just like the need to be with someone. But I also think it all makes a lot of sense. Like, why not? Like if the world is ending, don't you want to be with somebody? You know, it's not like it's like this like bad need or a a immature need. It makes a lot of sense. Like everyone that I've been close to in the last few years with COVID, I've gotten closer to, right? The people that really matter, I've gotten even closer to them, becoming even more important to me. And the people that that matter don't matter as much. We've just fallen by the wayside because there's a sharpening of your emotions when fear and and death is around the corner, right? You realize what's important to you. And one thing I did realize is like, this was the kind of relationship I wanted. One mm. where we communicate a lot, where we talk openly about both our fears and our concerns and our love languages. I love the style that of how we like kind of met, you know, maybe not the pacing, but I also, I also learned that, and you know, we heard from the last one of the podcast, I got to slow things down. I haven't learned this lesson yet. <laughs> Five years later, full circle. Five years later, full circle. <laughs> and your last story was about a trip also. I'm just getting like major flashbacks right now. No, it really was. Well, cause here's the thing, here's my dream. So this is actually what I tell women when I meet them. My dream is to meet someone I can travel the world with. That's literally my most, biggest dream when it comes to relationships. I love traveling. And if I can find someone I can travel with, that to me is really important. And I've tried that with people and some people it's worked, some people it's not. And some people it's worked out negatively really quickly, you know, like you've discovered really quickly. It's something actually, when I, when I do a first call with someone, I say, Hey, I have a dream. What do you think about this dream? And I see how they react. Cause if they're not down for it, I know like, look, ultimately we're not going to go on a trip tomorrow. This is an actual thing. I, I plan on traveling the world when it's safe to. Right. You know, and I want to be with someone who's open to that. And I think I've been thinking a lot about manifestation in the, in the last few years. And my goal is to manifest the kind of life I want. And if that's with a person that has the same goals, that's incredible. That would be my dream. And that's something that I think, who doesn't want that, right? Who doesn't want to manifest like the life that they want? Right. And I think the only way to do that is you talk openly to people and saying, here's what I would like, you know, this is interesting because I think what you do is you sell a vision very well. And if you listen to our episode with Sherry Gaba, she would say you're a romance addict or a love addict because you (laughs) you are so sold on the narrative and the story But then there's this, and I see this with a lot of people during COVID, is everybody wants the outcome, but they don't want that journey to the outcome, which is laying down the groundwork, which is like the nitty gritty of being a roommate with someone 
it's very different from dating someone romantically than being a roommate with them. Mm -hmm. And I always call this reality TV effect is as soon as these people get off The Bachelor, they break up because they're like, oh shit, now we have to split the bills yeah. or pay for shit. And now we have to do life together. We have to go grocery shopping together. And I think in a COVID time, if the world ended tomorrow, yes, we could all have really great romantic relationships today because it's ending tomorrow. Yeah. But then you find out that it's not ending tomorrow. It does put a, a different spin to the whole scenario. Totally. I think what I'm struggling with is like, I keep going, I flip flop like this entire story. I'm like, is too fast, too soon a good thing or a bad thing? Like, I can't decide. Right. I think on one hand, it's a good thing. Like you were saying, it's like, you know, move fast, see if it's a fit, keep going, like on to the next, do it again, rinse and repeat. But then the, the downside of that is, are you giving anyone enough of a chance? Like what you were saying, UA, of like the like the little stuff, the more nitty gritty roommate stuff, like, yes, you're giving them a chance in the sense that you're spending a lot of time with them. But when things get real, like, is things able mm. to progress? Like, I'm still, for yours, like, maybe it is that you just figured out your lifestyles were incompatible. But then on the other side is if there was more time, would you have found a way to compromise and make them compatible? So there's two things here. If you tell someone you want to slow down, one, are they going to see that as healthy? Two, what does that bring up for them? Because there, there was moments where we tried to slow down before we had met and we were talking about certain things and not getting too ahead of ourselves. And, you know, I've been married before. I have, you know, I have a daughter who's 21 now. I've, I've been in committed relationships. So it's like I definitely have lived that roommate life, you know, with a partner. Mm -hmm. I think what it is, talking about slowing down, especially right now during COVID when everyone's freaking out, is not an easy thing to do. And it can bring up your own things like, am I being rejected or is this like the right thing? Like we, There was definitely moments where we had talked in that month we were meeting where I had said some things or she had said something and both of us kind of like, whoa, what's happening, right? But then we came around back and said, look, this is healthy to take our time in this. It's okay. It doesn't mean you don't want me. It just means you want to be careful. But I don't think that's always an easy thing to navigate and it changes one's physicalities in the picture. Mm -hmm. And so I think everyone has a plan until they're kissed in the face. Yeah. You know, there's right? something about a screen that definitely provides that even when you're getting closer, there still feels like there's a distance because of that screen. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I just think it is the 24 seven beings. And I honestly think it really is like a relationship has to have legs and strength to last through certain things. So if we had been together for three or four months and gone on a road trip, it probably would have been fine. If we had been together for a couple months and met our friends, it probably would have been fine, right? But if you do all of that in a zero to 100 movement, which is obviously in hindsight sounds horribly dumb, but hey, I was feeling it and I was excited and it was, some parts were really amazing, right? right. It's not like the whole thing was horrible. It's just that it didn't work out. I don't think it's dumb. I don't, I don't think, think it's so dumb either. at all. I don't think, I mean, that this story is so awesome to hear. And I think it gives a lot of people hope to know that you can find a really deep connection and to find someone so that you're so into, you're willing to risk your health to get on a flight to go see them on a whim. I mean, that's just like the the storybook romance that we're all looking for. I think it's not about slowing down. And I agree with you, Kathleen. I think it's a very sensitive topic for people. Like for me during the pandemic, during quarantine, my boyfriend and I basically moved in together that was not planned. And the first 
month was fantastic. We were playing house. Now we can take turns cooking and now we can do chores together and grocery runs. <laughs> Second month, it was like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> and he he brought up the slowing down. He's like, maybe we should we should, you know, go back to our own apartments where basically translation, go back home because I was at his apartment. So right. he's like, we should take some space, some time. And I flipped the fuck out. I'm like, nope, you're not pushing me away. This is right. not how it works. But what we ended up at was it wasn't about slowing down. It was it was confronting the conflict. Mm. And how do we get past a conflict and really welcoming that conflict? Right. It wasn't about taking space or taking time. It had nothing to do with time, honestly. If we were still in that conflicted mindset for another year, this still would have come up. I think it was just about taking on that conflict head on. So here's the thing though, is you guys have been dating for what, like a year and a half before this? Exactly. Do you think though, I love your thoughts for, given what you went through, do you think Kathleen could have done that with this? That was like the month, the couple days that you met? Absolutely. You know, the thing is, in the in the month that quarantine hit, that we were in quarantine, we both realized that we didn't, our relationship for that last year was not setting a strong foundation. We were dating. We were having fun. We were having a romantic relationship. We were not doing life together. And quarantine made us do life together. So I think it doesn't matter that we were together for that year because we actually weren't setting the groundwork. We had to do it in quarantine. Uh, yeah, I could definitely attest to noticing a difference there. So you're basically saying that you don't think it matters. It would have, if, if you really did head on that conflict. But Kevin, you could say that you just weren't the right fit and it wasn't worth it, you know? But I also, I also think, here's the thing. One thing I've learned in dating I used to go on a date with someone and at the end of the first date, ask if they wanted to go on a second date. And 50% of the time, before the second date happened, they'd be like, you know what? I wasn't, I don't really want to go. For whatever reason, it was totally fine. Now I stopped asking people at the end of the first date yeah. if they want to go on a second because it gives them the time to think. It gives them that space. And I think the problem is part of being with someone is a time you're apart from them, but still thinking about them, Right. And this is what all healthy relationships should have. But if you don't have that, if you're basically living together for a week and a half and don't have any time apart, you don't have that reflection period to actually be like, yeah. what am I feeling? What am I going through? What, mm. What's going on? And I think that's a healthy thing to have, yeah. right? You know, so one thing I've been working on, I think space is a sixth love language. Yeah, I agree. I want to add it to that list. <laughs> talk to John Gottman. I need to talk to John Gottman. Um, and, and because I actually really think space in modern relationships with the way that we are all more independent than we used to be, the way gender roles have changed in the last 50 years, with the way that relationships are pushed on us, in, you know, whether you're a couple or not, I think space is something we all need to embrace. And I'm not talking about huge amounts of space, but even just a little bit of space, yeah. right? Or how you want your space to show up in your relationship is super important. And I've realized when people give me space in relationships, I do a lot better. Yeah. The more I'm thinking about it, because like I totally hear what you're saying, UA, that you guys like weren't really set up for life. You were dating, whatever. 
But I do think having those conversations, because you still had a foundation. It might not have been like the strongest foundation, but it was a foundation. I'm just thinking of like someone I barely knew was like, I need space from you. Like it would be kind of, it would be game over. Like I think, yeah, it was, it was hard for you to hear that too, but you guys were able to work through it where I think if you don't know anything about them, there's just more, there's less at stake, right? It's like easier just to Mm -hmm. cut bail. There's less, there's less invested. Exactly. So I can see. like how even though yes like the quarantine time does bring people together i do see not having any history not really knowing how they operate like how that could make it very difficult to have those conversations but if that is the case then captain you've had some time away from her you've had your space she's had hers have feelings changed I don't think for me, no, I don't know what she's feeling because we really haven't kept in touch. But um, I have thought a lot more about what I want in my life. And actually, I'm moving to New York. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. I'm moving to New York in March where my lease is up here. Wow. Oh, shit. It's been a dream of mine. So this helped you get there. A little. The positive yeah. angle of this story is I might have not fallen in love with somebody mm. when I was in New York, but I fell in love with New York. Mm-hmm. I think that is really important. I think it's a good segue to takeaways, too, because I feel like even though this didn't work out, I still think it's a wild success because it sounds like mm-hmm. you learned a lot about, I mean, one, it's helped now shape where you're going to end up being. But I do think it also, like you said, it really showed you what lifestyle you need with someone and like what yeah. you need in a partner. And maybe it's romanticized, maybe it's not, like we'll go back and forth. But ultimately, like there are certain non-negotiables that everyone has. There's a balance of being open versus you know, not finding someone that suits you. Like, I think you do need Mm -hmm. to know yourself and you do need to know like what will fit. I think also my other takeaway is the too fast. I think I've come to a conclusion that too fast, too soon is not a bad thing. Like, I do think the fail fast (laughs) mentality. That's your verdict. That's my verdict. I feel like the the reason I say it is because, you know, pre-COVID days, We were always saying that people were half in, half out, playing like relationship chicken, not giving anything a chance. And I do think, yes, like maybe this would have progressed over time. Like it's hard to say, like we can never predict either way, but you did give it a chance. Like you definitely put in a lot of effort more than we would have done pre-COVID days. So I think learning, like knowing that you gave it your all, you really tried to like give it that shot. I think I would take that any day over not giving it my shot. I mean, I th- and I think the thing that's really important here is even though it didn't work out, I have amazing amounts of respect for this person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of love for this person. She's a beautiful person. Um, and I do think that one of the things that's really easy to do when things don't work out is to, to kind of write negative history and mm-hmm. go find out how the how this, how this one person was horrible and did all these terrible things. And that's not really what it is. Your feelings change over time and that's understandable and normal. And you see things in different light. I was able to open my heart at a time that I was really scared. Mm-hmm. And I was able to, like you said, take a trip at a time when I was really scared. While I may not discovered a person, I discovered that this, there's a city that feels like my home now. It's funny. I came back to SF just a few weeks ago Immediately when I landed, I was like, this is not right anymore. I knew. It hasn't felt like home since. I I think you're right. I do actually feel, people ask me, do you feel lucky that this happened? I'm like, I actually feel really lucky. Yeah. Because one, what's the chance of meeting someone on Clubhouse, <laughs> right. a random app, 
during right. the pan- pandemic, flying New York and having all these amazing experiences and, and then realizing, hey, you know, this is my city. Yeah. And I mean, I think we always say too on this podcast that people always like equate success to like forever. And that's not necessarily success in a relationship. And I think the fact that it's put you on a certain path, whether that's to a new city or to knowing what you want a little more, I think that is success. I think that's also my takeaway is that we should always know that the people come in and out of our lives for a reason. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just the universe giving us a sign that may be outside of dating or relationships. In your case, it's pointing you to a city and to a life change because this mm-hmm. is going to be a huge life change for you. And we have to just be open to these signs the universe gives us in, in the form of a person in this story. But my challenge to you is, because you know we've had you on the podcast twice now, and <laughs> we're obviously friends. And we've talked and a lot. We've <laughs> talked a lot. And you're so great at setting up relationships. I feel like you are a pro. It, like if there is a, what is a person in volleyball you set up oh, for someone the to server? spy? Oh, the the setter. The setter. the setter. You are the relationship setter. Oh my God, that has to be a you, new term. The relationship right? setter. You are a pro at this. <laughs> so we coined wow. it. We coined it right here. I'm the first because one. Because the time it took you, the I was like trying to time you, how long it took you to tell the story of how you met and then what you did and then like to the first moment you met in New York. That amount of time was probably 10 times the story of you saying, yeah. telling us how it ended. In fact, you really didn't take any time yeah. to tell us a story of how it ended, and which just shows to me that you love setting up relationships. Next time when I talk to you, I would love to hear a beautiful story of how you overcame a conflict with someone. Not so much how you met them and how you fell in love and how you met each other's friends, but it's that moment of conflict is the start of the story and how you two become became closer after that conflict. I would love to, to be that as your challenge because you're always going to be the relationship setter if you don't. You're just setting it up for someone else's spike and whoever comes into this woman's life next, he's going in. He's going in for that spike and he's going to be Are you saying really I'm good luck, Chuck? <laughs> yeah, you're the fluffer. You're the relationship fluffer. You're the setter. You're the, the good luck, Chuck. You really yeah. are because I think you've really revved her up now. She's like open to relationships now. I bet you anything she's kind of like, oh, I didn't know I was capable of feeling this way, yeah. especially during COVID, and, and you're just lubing people up to <laughs> to to be in relationships. These metaphors are getting worse, <laughs> or better, or better. Yeah. No, my God, that is so dead on. I didn't even think about it, but the amount of time in the story is drastically different. I think every time you come on this podcast, UA calls you out on something in a in a yeah. high and loving way, of course. <laughs> that will change your life. You, you and I, you and I. We've had many discussions. Um, yeah, because even when you text me, you're like, I'm going on my first COVID date. We've had all these long discussions on the phone and we have this huge connection. And the next text I get is, it didn't work out. And I'm like, wait. You are a romance addict, addicted to romance. You, you are. You really are. You set it up so well and you're so good at storytelling. And I almost think you do this so you could tell the story as 
it is how beautifully oh. done it is believe me i don't i don't i don't i didn't fight in york for the story but yeah, no, <laughs> obviously not but in hindsight it is a beautiful story to tell i can almost hear the birds chirping as you're dancing in the street twirling her around i mean that's what i visualize but when you do life those things go away and i like to oh, hear true. you do life with someone and what that looks like i, I really appreciate what you're saying and I, I appreciate the pushback. I mean, I've definitely been talking to my therapist about this. I've been talking to my friends about, you know, what happened, what, 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 I, what I could have done better. I don't think there's a situation in which you can't look at yourself and say, hey, what could have I improved? I, I do think when you have been divorced and you've gone through the ringer, you almost uh, want to make sure you're not making the same mistakes again. Mm-hmm. Because I've been in love with someone that I had to get a divorce from, and that was more painful than falling in love ever was. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, it, and I'm not saying I have any solutions to this. And it, I think there's a thing in the modern era of how do you know what conflicts are worth resolving? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like you, you, you and your boyfriend, who seems great, figured out a way that this was worth resolving. Yeah. Right. But when you don't know, that's the scary part. Like, is this going to be worth it? You know? later on. I think even if you haven't been divorced, I've gone through that myself. It's like, when do you stop stop fighting for something? Or when do you keep fighting for it? And I think there is a thin line. And I mean, yeah, like, I don't know what the right answer is. That's why I keep flip flopping of if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Because I definitely see the positive of like perseverance and like trying to make something work. But then at the end of the day, like trying to fit like a square peg in a round hole, that's not good either. It's better to like move on and find the right partner. So what that line is, I mean, that's the million dollar question, right? And way to look at it, her friend something that said something I thought was really hilarious. She's like, you guys are on a week long date. It's a week long first date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. And if you have a first date that goes bad, it doesn't mean everything was horrible. It just means your first date didn't work out. Right. But that's literally what happened. We had a week long first right. date. Mm-hmm. And that would be hard for anybody, I think, you know? But I have I have a pretty good answer to that conflict question. A conflict is worth resolving when both people are willing to fight to resolve it. Yeah. I really think that's the answer. Because if someone's half in, half out with the with how they feel about the conflict, then no, it's not going to get resolved. But I feel I feel the hesitancy because my boyfriend's the same he's divorced and he said that was the worst experience he's ever been through and he never wants to go through that again but I also had to get on the same page with him in terms of what we're looking for in relationship and our values and one of them was we want to constantly push ourselves to be better so whenever we have a conflict we go back to our values and say does this conflict help us get better and if it does we push through it I think it's also asking about what are you scared of? Mm-hmm. I've never been scared of falling in love. I've never been scared of committing someone. I'm really scared of being with someone that I don't want to be with. Mm. Yes. That's yes. going to hurt me. Yes. Right. And so I think that that fear sometimes is really powerful. It has nothing to do with the other person. Right. Right. But having gone through a divorce where I was like, I didn't want to be in that marriage anymore. Yeah. And it took me years to get out of it. And so I saw unhealthy. I think in as I've gotten older, I've, maybe it's not more fail fast, but it's more like, what will I accept? Pass right? earlier, maybe. I feel like for yeah. someone like you, though, like seeing the red flag that you don't have 
compatible lifestyles, that might make you say like, I'm going to get out now opposed to someone else that might not have that mentality that might be like, oh, maybe we can make it work or compromise. So maybe it's a personal thing. Yeah. I think when, when you're young, it's like, it's, or when you're early, it's really easy to do that. But I think now it's almost like the more I've held true to what my needs are and what my boundaries are in the last few years, I've learned a lot about my boundaries, like compared to the last time I was on a show and how that one person was treating me. And I think I've done a lot better job of having great boundaries and mm-hmm. being a better communicator. And I've just gotten happier every single time. So I think this is a thing, the question of, and it's, it's true. Yes. When do you work on something? But when do you also realize, Hey, these are my boundaries. Mm-hmm. It's healthy for me. Like one of the things that happened during quarantine for me is there's friendships that I let go of because they weren't positive for me. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a boundary thing. It's not a thing I don't want to work on. It's just like, Hey, this wasn't bringing me joy. So maybe the takeaway here is that there is no right answer. It's really up to you because like I'm someone that tends to hang on too much and I probably need to like let go a little and acknowledge it is dangerous. And it's kept me in relationships that have ultimately held me back because they didn't work out. Right. So I think, yeah, maybe the takeaway is knowing yourself and then like, what is it that is holding you back? What is it that is your fear? Like going a layer deeper and then realizing like, what is it that I need to tweak? Like if you're the type of person that isn't diving into anything, then maybe you should be diving in fast. And if you're the person that's trying to let things go, like, you know, like unsure of what you actually want, maybe that's when it's time to compromise. So getting to know yourself better. <laughs> I guess and coming it on, all comes down getting, to yourself. <laughs> and coming on Dateable Podcast yep. so we can tear you apart. No, just kidding. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> or you can join, yeah, you can join the sounding board to get this not on recording. There, yeah. there <laughs> we go. But I think ultimately it's because we want to hear that happy ending story from you. And I'm just, it's just so, every time I hear a story from you, it's just so close. <laughs> it's like almost each, there. Each one is close to the last one, right? Sign. Each one, yeah, yeah, it's a good it sign. Is a very, it's a very good sign. And when I say happy ending, I don't mean like ultimately yeah. marriage or like, oh, you know, forever, anything. Well, a few it's happy just, endings would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> multiple. Multiple but just, happy yeah. endings. I know what but you mean, But it's though. just that feeling. Uh, it's just like, I don't want the story to end at, and then we met and it didn't work out. That's not where I want to end. Right. You don't want it to be a 90-minute buildup, or not a 90-minute, a 30-minute buildup for like a two-second, sorry, this it is was, over. Yeah. It was exactly 36 minutes <laughs> <laughs> of a story buildup and exactly a minute and a half of explaining why it didn't work out. I think there's something to what you're saying is mm-hmm. learning to love is different than learning to live with someone. Yeah. Or doing life doing life with someone that's different it's not living it's doing life with them it's so different so different (laughs) okay well this has been fascinating i've learned (laughs) so much from this so hopefully others yeah i mean i think just i'll do a final takeaway is like i think people shouldn't be scared to go deep on virtual but i do think like having realistic expectations too i mean i think it is a little dangerous to be like i'm falling in love with someone before we've even met like there is a line of just being a little more realistic with it and it's it's okay again maybe it's knowing yourself and like how you manage your own expectations but expectations are so important in ultimate happiness absolutely that's what we're all searching for is happiness optimizing our happiness how do we get there and sometimes we're addicted to things that make us happy and that ultimately 
don't make us happy either. So self-awareness, it all goes back to self-awareness and learning about ourselves better. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for the second time and for pouring your heart out. We really just, I mean, again, like I said, we really just want to hear this happy story from you. And I think after this episode airs, we're going to get some emails. I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah. So we'll do some, we'll do some filtering on our end, but we're your you new know, clubhouse. <laughs> private clubhouse right here there we go there we go thank you and for anybody who has a similar story i think the pandemic has spurred lots of interesting love stories we love to have you as a guest on our show if you've also been through turbo relationships that maybe are still in a turbo relationship that turned into a long-term relationship we love to hear that story as well you can just go on yeah, our- give me the hints how did that work <laughs> <laughs> no give us an onboarding doc yeah. of how yeah, you, you turn a turbo relationship into a long-term relationship <laughs> and if you have five seconds in your day if you can just go into apple Podcasts and give us a rating five stars a little comment here or there we uh, love all of that because that's our seventh love language is at the podcast um <laughs> ratings ratings and that, reviews 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 <laughs> are the sixth love. yeah okay. yeah the seventh space the seventh. space the is six space and seventh is reviews. ratings and reviews <laughs> i think um, spacing is real we gotta get in the dock yep. it's like a real thing we'll hit up john first name there basis yeah i would i think he would call that i don't know I, th- I feel like he will roll that up into something else. Like I think he roll that up into uh, quality, quality time. Quality time. Yeah. But it's not exactly it's not the quality same thing, time. Though. It's yeah. It's quality time away from each other. Anyways. But that's somewhat the same thing as space. <laughs> we'll, we'll let our <laughs> listeners ponder it, and if anyone can think of a good name, then let us know. <laughs> and we're we're coining we're coining this new term. Um, relationship setter. Yes, relationship setter <laughs> is going to be on our website tomorrow. So check it out. <laughs> It's different than a fluffer. The yeah. setter is like setting someone up for a home run, basically. Yeah. Oh, it's not even a home, you know, whatever. Sports ball to speak. Who knows? I don't know what that means. Sounds anyway. like always a bride's may never a bride kind of thing. <laughs> no, you're going to be a beautiful bride one day. I just know it. <laughs> <laughs> don't you worry. <laughs> we'll wrap this up the usual way. Stay, Stay dateable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most...